And uh, tonight we're all get together, we're all super full on pizza, we're going to talk about a movie that, it may be kind of polarizing, we'll get, talk about the ratings and stuff like that, because it came out really strong, and then it started getting kind of negative reviews, and we'll look up the ratings in a little bit, but uh, let me introduce some people to see uh, who they are and what they're drinking. So let me uh, start with you, you, Mike, how's it going? Hey, what's happening, guys? Uh, uh, well, what you uh, what you sipping on over there? Dude, it's just the, uh, the UFO Winter Blonde. Oh. Is that was that already in the fridge, or you picked that up today? No, I picked that up today. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I hadn't seen it before, so I was like, yeah, that seems appropriate. Um, it is, of course, fifty degrees out, but technically still winter. Yeah. Cause winter is here. Winter, is, I, yeah. I don't think I don't think winter is coming at this point. It's just global warming, bro. I love it. No, last year was the same way, but it got really fucking Real cold, cold so. really quickly. Yeah. I um, what you been watching? Well, let me talk about this first. Oh, okay. It, it kind of tastes like nothing in, in, in a good way. Like, we just had a whole bunch of pizza, so I'm not sure if I can't taste anything because I just, my, my mouth is on fire from the buffalo chicken, or it straight up just doesn't taste like anything, but it's beer and it doesn't taste offensive. So I'd recommend it. Nice. It's the, probably the weakest endorsement of all time. Easily. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, anyways, what I've been watching, uh, I've been trying to keep up with a little bit of the Planet Earth stuff. I haven't seen all of them yet, but I've been trying to catch as much uh, from the BBC uh, that I can, um, because it is probably more nostalgic than our main feature tonight from my childhood. I remember coming home and just watching Planet Earth on reruns while I passed out in high school, uh, and so it means a lot that the series is back 10 years later. Nice. Uh, Jesse, what's up, man? Not a whole lot. Yourself? Uh, you know, just hanging out. Thanks, thanks for asking. Doing, doing. The only person that asks, but you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll get to you eventually, I guess. Oh, okay. That's rude. But uh, what you sipping on? I am drinking, like I did last time, uh, Arizona brand watermelon fruit juice cocktail. <laughs> so sugar. You're drinking sugar. Yeah, I'm drinking pure sugar. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I freaking love it. It's it's probably my favorite liquid second to coffee. Iced coffee. But, uh, yeah, what I've been watching, what have I been watching? I actually watched a ton of stuff lately. Um, I had a week off, so I basically just sat around and watched movies and TVs all day. Um, my number one that I want to recommend, and I've been talking to you about it, is Be Cool Scooby-Doo. 
the newest, it's the 12th iteration of the Scooby-Doo franchise. They just did another reboot, and the show is, no joke, one of the probably best cartoon shows that I've watched in, like, probably the last year or two. Even two. It's, so, to put it in perspective, it is done by the same comedy staff as who did Phineas and Ferb, if you've ever watched that show. It's not a lot of people watched it, but, like, it's freaking funny. And it's the same, like, production company that did Brickleberry, which was okay. It wasn't super funny, but it was all right. And basically, uh, Cartoon Network said, hey, your shows are over. Why don't we just make this show with everybody? And we'll use the Scooby-Doo name. And it's so witty, so funny. I think every single episode, I actually laughed aloud at. Is this like a gritty modern reboot? Nope. No? Because that was what the last iteration was. The last iteration of Scooby-Doo was like, we're going to do dark gritty this is like lighthearted comedy with like it's it's clearly for kids like it's clearly zoned for like I'm not gonna kid like probably 10 to 12 year old but the wit in it is like the classic like we're gonna take a right right no it's a left what do you mean left right yeah like that kind of play on comedy like the kind of Abbott and Costello kind of humor and so I that's exactly the kind of style that I love um is Matthew Lillard in it? He is. He is. Yeah, really? dude. Yeah, dude. He plays. He plays the voice of Shaggy. He's done the voice of Shaggy since the since the movies. Since the movies. Oh, that's nice. awesome. He does a good Shaggy. Well, because Casey Kasem died. That's um, right. Yeah. Did he die in 2016? No, he was a couple years ago. He died like five yeah. years ago. Okay. It's been a while. Dude, Frank Welker still does the voice of Fred and the voice <laughs> of Scooby. He's been doing and that Optimus like, Prime while you're at it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Megatron while you're at it. Dude. Well, a lot of those like voice actor people play these roles for like an insane amount of time. Frank Welker has been Fred Jones since like 1963. <laughs> That's crazy. He's been doing the voice of Fred Jones. How old is Fred Jones? I think still like 16, 17. <laughs> Are they really that young? Yeah. yeah, they're they're like they're out of in the current show. They're out of high school. They just got out of high school. And they're like out doing the thing, trying to figure out if they want to do college or not. Yeah, Fred's so, definitely the oldest because he's the one I can drive the van legally. I think Fred's like twenty-two, and the rest <laughs> of them are like fifteen. Yeah. Fred's just doing some like creepy stuff on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the point of this. Kind of weird. <laughs> um, moving on, I watched all Black Mirror, which I loved. It was recommended to me, I think, in one of the podcasts. Um, I haven't seen it. Really? It's good. I was gonna say I thought it was either you or Brian that. Has anybody seen it here? I I watched the first season and I was like, this isn't for me. Yeah. I heard it's really good. I Maybe it was Guillermo. And like Guillermo the so it. he's oh, yeah. Yeah. What, Who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's that guy? Funny Who's that? Uh And then I watched Finding Dory, which was alright. Wasn't it was? It's a Pixar movie. It's Keep cute. going. Um, I watched Empire of the Corpses, which was an anime. It's an anime movie. Oh. I fell asleep in the middle of it. It was oh, boring okay. as fuck. I don't recommend it. Jesus. And then I rewatched all of Psycho Pass uh, season one, which is awesome, and I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Check it out. How's it going here, uh, brother? What's up? Good to see you. How's it going? Oh, good. good. Thanks for asking. It's two in a row. I'm getting pretty good. That's really good. Uh, what? Uh, what you uh, sipping on over there? Uh, so I discovered this Twitter feed called Friends with Blends. It's all about wine. You might have heard of it. And so it got me to like, you know what? I'm going to commit and I'm going to start venturing to wines. I'm usually a whiskey guy and not big on beer unless it's some fancy schmancy beer. But I'm going to explore wines for a little while. To start off, I 
bought this wine. It's called 90 Plus Wineries, I believe, uh, from California. And it's their big, uh, it's their bold red blend. And it tastes, it reminds me of the wine they used to serve at church during communion. So yeah. it's very earthy. It's very tart. And I like it. It's really <coughs> filling, nice. which is good. Good. What do you think it will pair well with? Um, I'm I'm a novice at this, but I would say if you're eating a good piece of meat, this would be a good drink to have. Or piece some of arbitrary piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> Random piece yeah, of like, meat. Okay, you know, a lot of meat. Like, well, all right, it might go well with bread. <laughs> <laughs> I get it because of the joke. Or vegetables. I mean, Maybe not. I'd be just one. You don't want to do fruit. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't dip broccoli in this. <laughs> 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 What you, been, what you been watching? Uh, so I've been catching up on some movies from last year that I did not uh, get the chance or make the time to see. Uh, so I saw Zootopia on Netflix, and it was a fantastic, uh, fantastic series uh, animation. That uh, first, it's absolutely beautiful. The world's amazing, uh, but I heard a lot about like it having a really strong message about. Just diversity inclusion, and it definitely hits those marks. So really cool. But what surprised me is how awesome of a caper movie it was, too. Yeah. So it has a really cool mystery. It has a lot of cool plot twists that show up uh, when you least expect it. And it's cool. smart. It doesn't really like patronize the audience or talk down to you, which is really cool. So I really enjoyed it. Nice. It was a lot of fun, and there's definitely a lot of fun moments in it as well. Cool. Uh, the other movie I saw was Creed. And, boy, this was, to me, I've always loved Rocky movies. Um, this might be right up there with the original Rocky in terms of just emotional impact. Uh, just going through Adonis Creed's travel to becoming, like, proving who he is. And Sylvester Stallone was amazing in this. I think he got robbed for the Oscar. Like, there's... There's a moment in this movie where he's talking to Adonis in the ring where he's fighting the British fighter. And he says this one line about how he loves him. And immediately I just Got tear came down. Right, I was like choked up. I could not help myself. Yeah. Anybody else agree? Like, yeah. I haven't yet. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. And Tessa Thompson's amazing too. Yeah. She's in Westworld right now and she's doing an awesome job there. Do you, she, know, do you know who she is coming up? She's... Uh, she's the uh, board, the person from the board. In I mean, in about a year. I do not. She's gonna be Valkyrie, Valkyrie. which I'm super excited for. You know, and Thor. She, you know, nice. she's also in Fantastic Beasts. It was she. Was she the president? Yeah, she sure was. No, she wow. wasn't. That's yeah. not. That's not. That's not about. her. Are you sure? Positive, because I looked it up. Check my stats. Yeah, I will. No, yeah. and even like her characters role in Creed and what she has to struggle with that which I had no idea about she pulls that off amazingly well of tr- like guy just having that balance of dealing with having some type of uh, hearing loss or hearing need and being able to be a musician at the same time so it's really cool how they do that uh, the other thing I've been watching is on Amazon Prime uh, which is the Grand Tour and I don't know if any of y'all ever watched um, that show from BBC. What was it called? Top Gear. Top Gear. So this is the original host of Top Gear, which is uh, James May um, and uh, Richard Hammond and Jeremy Clarkson. 
coming back together to have a new car show. And it's pretty much like the Top Gear that they were doing. Uh, and they kind of like throw in their own in-jokes to kind of make fun of Top Gear, how it is right now. But it's also still the same type of show where they talk about cool cars, show off cool things, and they do crazy events like go to special forces camps and have people shoot at them while they drive Aldis around. So <laughs> it's always a lot of fun. So I definitely recommend it. What's interesting about it is it's one of the first shows that Amazon Prime is doing where they're not releasing all the episodes at once. They're releasing it on a weekly basis. So really? you actually have to tune in and you can only watch it every Friday once a new episode release. Hmm. Huh. I wonder what the benefit of that is. Like, because you're watching the same volume, you're giving them the same amount of like commercial usage. I don't know. There, there is a lot of creative freedom given to them. Like they oh, were yeah. given a lot of money to do it the way they want to do it. And I think that was part of the stipulation is we're going to release it once a week. I that that way we kind of can surprise everybody week after week and just have like a long term impact on the audience. I guess that makes sense. Cool. Yeah, that's not hard. My bad. Okay. Warren is wrong. Warren is a liar. Yes. Yeah, wow. That's going to be the theme for the rest of the night. Just Warren is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Anything else? Uh, that's it. Cool. Uh, well, my name is Warren, and I am sipping on a beer, not a wine, because I actually tried this over the weekend, which is delicious. But it's a German-style Hefeweizen ale from uh, the good old local brewery, Night Shift Brewery. Um, and it's called Firth. F-U-R-T-H. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. But it's really good. Very, very smooth. I think a great pair with actually this pizza. And I actually had this last night with margaritas and like um, like Mexican food. It's also another great sort of blend. It's very, very chill. Very sweet. But at the same time, not too sweet. So definitely check it out. It only comes in four packs. Not too expensive. Like maybe under 10 bucks. So it's actually pretty cool. Um, I've, of course, been watching probably the most of everybody. But I always try to slim my list down as much as possible. I'm going to talk about a couple things. Not necessarily watching, but get what people's kind of thoughts are. Um, I, start, I kept going with my Amazon sort of prime kick. Um, I watched Red Oak Season 2, which is awesome show that nobody's talking about. It's super mm-hmm. bummed, but it's okay. Um, so I saw Red Oaks, and I think I did talk about Goliath, but I was really interested of um, talking about these two new services. Uh, you know, now Netflix lets you store things locally. Has anybody tried that yet? I haven't. I haven't. It got released literally today. Today. Yeah, I yeah, know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try it right now and we'll be talking about it, but... That's probably a huge thing, especially yeah. because I'm actually going on the flight, so I'm wondering exactly, like... If it's kind of like what Amazon Prime already does, mind you, um, that you can only do like an offline viewing for I think like 48 hours and then it's not being able to view it, you have to delete it. Um, like, is there a limit of what they do exactly? I wonder if you can do it on a computer sort of thing. Is that mm-hmm. breach some sort of like copyrights? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but huge step for Netflix. Also, uh, they're coming out with Dave Chappelle's coming out with three oh, new uh, he's specials. He's getting paid yeah. for that. So um, Netflix... Please, please keep doing what you're doing. And also to the fact that, much like uh, Bradley was talking about, Netflix actually is playing Zootopia, which came out this year, on a, it's an almost, it's a very, very affordable sort of plan to actually kind of watch it, whereas there's movies like Deadpool that came out, I believe, after Zootopia, uh, maybe a little around the same time, that's not even on Netflix yet, to sell like HBO or kind of premium channel. So mm. I think they're getting a lot of great, great stuff, which actually leads me to my uh, my la- one of the last things I've been watching. Uh, I've been binge-watching a bunch of workaholics, just so I want to catch up on that because I've never finished it. Because I think season seven or something like that is next year. So that's really Can't cool. believe that show's been going yeah. for I that mean, long. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny. 
Um, but I guess like my main thing that I want to talk about. Huh? Is Workaholics Australian? No. I thought those guys are American. They're yeah, all American. Oh, is yeah, it? a bunch of just dudes that... It looks like an Australian home. show to me for some reason. No, a bunch of best friends that literally went through college together and they are just basically saying this is what they did. Uh, is this what they still do? So it's really funny. Uh, but movie that's on uh, Netflix that I definitely would suggest is called Sing Street. Now, I don't think anybody heard about that movie yet or saw it. No. Right? Nope. So good. Um... It's a movie about a boy who uh, is going through a bunch of kind of um, like kind of life issues, kind of growing up and puberty, like liking girls and stuff like that. And uh, his parents ended up having like some issues, and they he said that they made necessarily get a divorce, so he had to switch and go to a different school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, the kids are picking on him. The uh, the father is picking on him to the point where like everybody's kind of picking on himself, and he's trying to find a particular kind of outlet. And finally finds this sort of outlet of like, hey, I have a talent for like singing. Gets a troupe together and you can actually kind of see that particular kind of journey of like a very musical inclined journey. But then at the same time, a very mm-hmm. motivating and it says that don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Like feel free to kind of sing out loud. And the name of the school that they go to is um, Sing. sing. Is mm-hmm. like, so it's pretty awesome that the name of the actual movie was that. So... Um, I don't know if it was based on anything, uh, but it's a, a very powerful, a very strong, and I just love the messages you send in the movie. Um, even from to the point where the older brother in this movie, typically in this particular kind of scenarios, right, the older brother is kind of like, no, 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 don't do this, but he's probably the best motivating force to the point of giving him feedback, you know, giving him notes of, well, this is shit. And at one point, like, he records, like, uh, the boy records a song for his brother. His brother listens to it, took it out the tape player, threw it on the ground, like, smashed it. He's like, don't ever play this to anyone again. This is awful. You're way better than this. And really kind of uh, forcing him to kind of be better and kind of be himself and not try to mimic somebody else. And that was just a great, it's a, it's a great movie. I mean, I watched it. Actually, I watched it here. Um, when uh, I think I watched it during uh, right before Thanksgiving. I, I watched it at 2 in the morning. And I'm like, nobody's watched this movie. <laughs> Uh, but I definitely, definitely suggest it. It's yeah, on Netflix. Movies, movies um, on. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, this is on Netflix, which is crazy because this movie just came out in theaters two months ago, maybe. Huh. And it immediately went to Netflix, and then everybody can like. Well, a lot of people who has Netflix can watch it. So I've just been raving about it. I would love other people's feedback about it. There's a lot of um, artistic elements to it as well. Very weird, a little different, a little strange, but. Um, and I also like that the music in this movie, the way that he describes it, like, was more like a futuristic movie because the movie takes place in the 80s. So it takes place in the 80s. He does music around that time, but he also wants to do a futuristic sort of sound. Hmm. Um, it's very interesting. So I would definitely say that please watch that movie. It's uh, on Netflix and then definitely tweet us and let us know like what you thought about it. Um, but then uh, that's all that I've been watching. I watch a bunch of stuff, but we have kind of, I'll cut that short because I can talk for days. <laughs> um, as we kind of transition into like our feature, sure, of one of my most anticipated movies of the year, and this is one of my last ones. There's one more, which is Rogue One. It's Fantastic Beasts and Where the Find Them by J.K. Rowling, who wrote this movie, and I believe she also directed the. No, sorry, She's David Yates. Yates. David Yates directed, directed the movie. Uh, but she wrote the movie, and this is one of the first movies, I believe. Her first screen, uh, screenplay first she ever wrote. Yeah. Showed. So, um, you know, and this is one of... It, it's been gone for some time. You know, also on the heels of, you know, The Cursed Child that talks about something that happened in the future, like after the Harry Potter sort of seven sort of installments. Now, this kind of goes back 80 years before. 
I gotta check on the actual sort of time. Right after World War One, nineteen twenty. So it's that during the Roaring Twenties in New okay. York City. So actually, more than eighty. Um, yeah. So uh, let's kind of start off and just kind of general thoughts. What you guys thought about it? What's your experience with kind of Harry Potter and the entire realm and uh, <laughs> overall feelings of it? So yeah, I, just without saying anything, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I I got into Harry Potter probably. Maybe about a year after, like I wasn't one of the first people that was like in line for book one. Um, it definitely took a year, but like as soon as I read the first and second book, I was hooked. Like I think the last three or four I got on the midnight release and had finished under twenty four hours later. You know, like I I was like nuts. Uh, interestingly enough, though, uh, did not see the movies until probably 2010, 2011, somewhere in that range. Like, I literally, I, I marathoned them all before Deathly Hollows Part 2 came out. And I saw, Death, uh, that was the only one I saw in the theaters. Um, I think the only reason, I, I wanted to watch that one, the only reason I went back and watched the rest of them was because of that. Uh, and I was, I, I was, she has such an accessible writing style, and I think she got, like, to me, and my, like, classmates, my generation, like, right at the exact time. Like, we had 10-year-olds in the first book, and we had 18-year-olds in the last book. And I was roughly 10 when it started, and maybe a little older than 18, but not too much. It was, you know, very, very recent. Um, and so that, like, really, that really spoke, you know? And, like, it made sense to me. And her writing grew up as I did, um... So I was a huge fan. Uh, didn't really care for anything else that she's put out afterwards, because <laughs> like I I don't know that I viewed I viewed those seven books as like kind of like you know their own perfect identity. Like I don't think they're perfect books, but I think that they had a, like a a great starting point, great characters, and then that was it. That's all. The, that's all of the universe I really needed. Um, so when they announced this movie, I, I wasn't super excited. I'm like Warren. Uh, came into it kind of like. Let's see what it is, uh, and, and we'll kind of get through it more later. It got me at one point, right at the end, uh, when they name-dropped the, the book, uh, and then it was, it's funny, like, the whole time I was just like, oh, this is a movie, this is a movie, this is a movie. They name-dropped drop the book that you read in, like, you know, the first third of the first Harry Potter, and all of a sudden I was 10 again. And I was just like, you know, like reading that first Harry Potter, be like, oh, this is what Harry was like concerned about finding when he, you know, in like chapter 10. Um, so yeah, cool. definitely, definitely an impact. Cool. I, I do want to remind everybody and all our listeners, and of course the Ryan Dowds out there, <laughs> um, that we are gonna be spoiling this movie. So we kind of took that uh, that sort of sort of block away so that we can actually talk freely and express exactly how we feel. So if you haven't watched the movie, I will say definitely stop because we are going to talk about some spoilers pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm going to toss it over here to Brylin. Yeah, so my my history with Harry Potter is purely on the movies. Like, mm. the first movie came out while I was in college and so I stuck with it for like the next 10 years because I was like, this is solid, this is a neat little universe that she's created. Uh, even though I may not find it a lot of the characters interesting. I always thought her ideas were really cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, with uh, Fantastic Beast, I thought I was kind of really excited, really interested to see how this turned out uh, because it's something 
you're not you don't have ten years worth of the same characters to build on. It's like kind of like clean slate, and these people are already grown up, so that might have a different perspective on how they approach things. They're kind of seasoned wizards rather than learning about wizardry. So how does that look when you're an adult in in the wizarding world? You're also not pigeonholed into a book. Yeah, like the book itself was just like an annotated version of like a textbook. So there was no that story's completely original. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, that's, sorry to support no. your thing where it's like it's yeah. different. Yeah, absolutely. It's a completely original story, which. I mean, that gets me assignments like, where can she grow her universe from? And I, I visually love how the universe has grown here. Like, one of my favorite periods of American history is the Roaring Twenties, and I thought they did a great job of marrying the magical world and the Roaring Twenties and having some darker illusions to it where you don't have, like, that secret corridor you can go in and be in the safe magic world. You kind of fi- have to find your own spaces to stay safe and kind of hide away from the normal world, or the nomads, as they refer to them. Uh, and I thought the magical effects were amazing as well. Uh, it definitely has that epic scope that the later Harry Potter, Potter uh, films have. Uh, and the beasts themselves are amazing. I yeah. love the beasts. Uh, specifically the uh, the klepto uh, rat mole yeah, thing. Mole thing. Yeah. Uh, I thought that, that dude was amazing, and hit the little grasshopper... Lock picker <laughs> was cool too. Uh, it was cool to see like more Americanized twists to things, like um, the way American wizards do magic, where they don't necessarily need wands. And I guess that's just because Americans are better. <laughs> uh, USA. Well, I gotta, USA. I gotta put a pause on that. Um, yeah. Ex- ex- specifically, who are you talking about? Uh, so like um, Graves, he can like grab things. So I gotta put hands. a pause on that for later. That's and I've s- there were other wizards out there that they were using their hands along. So, uh, but Graves in particular, he yeah. was using his hands and using a wand as well. Um, it's strange, almost. Yeah. Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was I, think, I, think, I think the 1920s were before doctors were invented, so. <laughs> Not really a history buff, but take my word on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he told me to take his mind, so I guess I got to. Yeah, they also had some interesting special guests, like Ron Perlman shows up out of the blue. Yeah, movie. yeah. He's like a really co- cool, um, I guess he's a house elf or bar elf or speakeasy no. elf. He's a gangster. He's he wasn't an elf because the elf are too, he's too large. He, uh, was he he's a, a troll? Big, he's a different, yeah, he's a, I think he's like a mixture between, he's a different species. It's like a troll elf hybrid. But there's not, yeah, there's like a bunch of, or not troll, uh, dwarves, right? Are dwarves a, a thing? I don't know if dwarves are a thing. I can't. Because they were. Think about it. Because the house elves was like the one. The, the bar like dobbies. Yeah, well, yeah, the dobbies. Yeah, were. but but trolls. <laughs> uh, not trolls. Uh, Sorry. Uh, RP dwarves did. Um, they're in Gringotts, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think dwarves are different than your like Harry Potter dwarf. Not Harry Potter. We're talking about Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, Lord, uh, Lord yeah. of the Rings. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think everybody knew what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, I always, it always, it's, it's always funny switching, like, between fantasy realms where, like, a dwarf means something completely different. Instead of, like, elves. Elves yeah. can be good guys, can be bad guys. Like, it's, it just depends on who's writing them. Yeah. yeah. They all have their own interpretation. Too. Yeah. And I'm um, going to mess this up more in this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but Ron played that character that, I mean, he does very well. That gangster, sly, uh, I'll do something for you, but you got to give me a little something. So it was really cool to see them 
uh, bring him up. Um, also, really liked uh, Queenie, who was uh, Tina's sister. Um, Queenie, even though it's just a little bit part, I love the personality she brings to it. That's like very bubbly, very outgoing, um, very 20s type of flapper. The flapper girl. Yeah. yeah. But also a wizard at the same time, which is cool that she has a unique take on her powers too, which is mind reading, which is. Occupancy. Yeah, which leads to. Some unique situations. Or legitimacy. Yeah, legitimacy. I think think you bring up a good point where, like, we've had a million and one hippie movies from the 60s and 70s. We've had a million and one contemporary 90s movies. We've had so many from the new millennium. Like, and then we've had a million from, like, you know, colonial era. I I really think that someone's got to do it right. Mm-hmm. For that flapper era, post World War One, but not quite World War Two, and like we're seeing that like uh, everybody of, remakes Great Gatsby whenever someone says right, that. <laughs> but like the Gatsby movie was terrible. So like someone's gonna do it right, and I think I, to give this movie that credit, I think they they did well with the like the the feeling of that era. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. like I think that's the other thing to kind of go off of both of the points as well is that the visual aspect of this movie was. Like absolutely kind of stunning. I know we saw it. Me and Guillermo watched this movie, um, but Thursday before we saw it in three D. Mm. Um, but like besides the actual effects, I'm talking about the actual costumes to the the actual style, how people walk, sometimes how they actually kind of talk itself, and it definitely felt like that that period piece. But it was nice to actually kind of see that because something so structured and that's how entire society is. Then you have this character, actually two characters, because. You know, Kowalski's character and Newt and Newt's commander's character are obviously out of place in what's actually kind of happening around, around them. You can make an argument about something else, but it was just nice to see that a couple of opposing forces in such a structured and uh, environment was actually pretty cool to see. Hmm. Cool. Um, but yeah, so just going off my overall thoughts before we kind of move into wins, but I thoroughly love this movie. I mean, like I said, I guess going from my background... I started with the book, so I started at book one, and for some reason I knew I couldn't read book two and three, something that was actually happening to me at that time, I'm not sure why, I just can't remember it, uh, but it was reintroduced to these books in 11th grade, I know for like a break, my teacher for AP Lit would read us like excerpts about, like just from book four or five, and just talks about like her little elements of J.K. Rowling and how, how strong of a writer she is. Um, and it wasn't, and I watched all the movies too, and I liked the movies a lot. I had a deep appreciation for it, but I knew that for me, I I definitely wanted like more. And I never actually really kind of got more. So I literally watched the movies, and before the last movie was coming out, I went back and read book seven, uh, which is the last book, and then I finished the story. So I read book one, and then I read book seven, and then I watched all the movies. And up until that, I was like. Well, this is awesome, and I think literally one drunken night I was reading Wikipedia, and I just saw all these other characters and themes and motifs and literally everything I've never seen before, never heard before. The movies kind of skipped over. They really didn't go into detail, like near, nearly had this Nick or you know the ghoul. There's like a lot of other characters that were just kind of skipped because it probably wasn't very interesting um, on the movie screen, but. It's very interesting when you're kind of reading exactly like what these characters are. And it's very difficult, different to see, you know, a character in Harry Potter of everybody see particular kind of Daniel Radcliffe's character, of course, because that's now who he is. Um, but there's a lot of other characters that just from a literary element of oh that it's completely different in my mind still. Um, and now when it's like manifested on screen, you also have that 
you have a different appreciation of the person who stepped into that role. You still have an appreciation for the character that she actually created. Yeah, um, one so. one part in the books that I hear my friends tell me about that uh, was never included in any other type of media was like Hermione was leading a protest for the rights the, of households. The elves, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, she had little buttons that she kept going around. She was really pushing this uh, thing. Oh, I gotta think of the actual acronym for it. It was really funny. <laughs> she had an acronym, acronym for literally yeah, everything. Yeah. But it was, I mean, like, and so things like that, like small snippets, like those things, um, it really kind of went, uh, went a long way. Even like some of the flashbacks that, you know, when they were doing occlumency lessons and like the flashbacks that kept going further and further and you start learning more and more about Snape and you start learning more and more that oh Dumbledore is probably not the person that Harry and because we always from Harry's perspective like mm. seems that he is and you start getting that oh he's he's not this per- he's not a perfect character and he says himself I'm, I'm, he probably doesn't say this but essentially he's not perfect he never wanted to be perfect everybody thought that he was because of all this stuff but he never actually claimed to like find like seven different uses for dragon's blood or something like that um anywho i'm not going to get into that uh sort of conversation but that's like my realm so after i started reading a bunch of wikipedia i then went back read all the books binge watched these movies so many times i can't even remember but i just love all the actual nuances of it even the opening scene of the first movie which i hated but now actually i I like the movie i still like it less than others but the opening scene of the movie in the book sets up so many things now they introduce the Deathly Hollows within three seconds, or kind of talks about it and like things that actually couldn't necessarily kind of happen more in the uh, movie than the book, uh, and that was very interesting. I never even kind of thought about that, and that's how the last. Book how does it start? Started. I don't remember it. Well, they start on Pri- Privet Drive, uh, but you know Dumbledore is there, and every time inside the book, there's like always like a loud crack, and yeah. you don't know what that is, and later on you find that that's evaporating. Um, but Dumbledore is giving him, you know, like he has, Dumbledore has the invisibility cloak and he also has the Elder Wand at that point. And yeah. he has, he has all of them already opening up and that's how it's kind of described. And then they get the last one. Huh? No, Dumbledore already has all three of them. I think he, what's the last one? There's only three. The Elder Wand, the invisibility yeah. cloak, and the Resurrection Stone. Yeah. So Dumbledore oh. gave, Dumbledore gave... The cloak back to Harry in book one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way he was described in the in the book of Dumbledore's look, she describes. She doesn't describe the cloak, but she describes to this wand, and he just she describes the actual ring. Yeah. So that right. I just thought that was kind of interesting that it was already kind of opened it up. Yeah. And obviously, I wouldn't know this if unless I didn't read up everything else. But, right. So. After I did that, I went through the audiobook version. I also kind of went through that. I went through a lot of different things. I mean, I read Cursed Child and hailed that within like maybe a day. Um, and so now it brings us to like an extension of, you know, what this is going to bring. And now everybody's on the same page because nobody knows. It's not from a book. It's always kind of pretty uh, complete original. And like, how is it going to go? And, you know, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy the movie. I think it's a bit of, a bit of polarizing because... I don't know if a lot of people like this movie or not, and we'll get into the wins and the criticisms, but kind of overall, I just like the, the lore, the mysteriousness of people being different. It's always very interesting. Um, and it's always certain like characters in the actual sort of realm, because they are being different and people think they're different, they're already like, oh, they're going to be either casted away, either not bad or good. Or good. 
Um, and then you have those two characters that I always bring up is that you have Snape and Dumbledore of Snape ended up being bad, but not really. Dumbledore being good, but not really. It was always one of those things kind of in the middle, much what we were talking about. Like, nobody's truly kind of bad or good. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. I just had a kind of appreciation for it. Or he wins. Yeah, I had a lot of wins. Um, so, I, I guess we can kind of go these kind of one by one. Um, I was also talking about, you know, I love the mystery. I love the visual aspect of the magic. And I like the fact that she didn't hold your hand. Now, I think it may be kind of, people may be a little lost of what spell did he just do. But there was no explanation of spells. Like, you step it up of how Harry's learning for the first time. We're also learning these spells. They just started using them. He was disapparating all over the place. I thought it was awesome. Um, and to the fact that they drop a lot, they give you a lot of information. It's a lot of almost like an exposition dump, but not really, especially when you're walking through his briefcase and you find a hell of a lot of information very, very quickly of, you know, why he ended up getting kicked out of Hogwarts. We're not entirely sure why. And when Queenie was talking to him, she started reading his mind and it was very interesting because now I'm wondering exactly what time did he get kicked out of Hogwarts? Was it? He can still disapparate, so I know that he's old enough to do that. He's not on the list, but at the same time, he didn't quite learn uh, alchemy or legitimacy. So I thought that was very interesting. But also, it was kind of a name drop of a character. Like, um, oh man, I think the girl in the photo was Zoe Lestrange. Lestrange. Well, the actress plays. Oh, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Yes, but it was, her last name was Lestrange, Lestrange. and I thought yeah. that was very interesting. How he was like, well, she well, changed yeah. and kind of going on to that already um, kind of path and it opens up with showing one of the I guess the featured characters that everybody wants to learn about is Grindelwald and you know information about him being like this famous dark wizard but you we've never really seen him before we don't know what it looks like right. unless he was very very old and already kind of decrepit when Voldemort killed him in the last book uh, in movie so yeah, um, I don't even remember him from the last Harry Potter movie yeah. so yeah, I, I did not get that connection at all until I, like, read up on Wikipedia afterwards. Oh, he was such a big part of the last, maybe, book and a half. And again, it's fun. I just want to spotlight that, like, it seems like the three of us have completely... I'm entirely books, you're entirely movies, and then Warren's is kind of, like, halfway in between both of us. So the three of us are going to have completely different opinions on this thing. But, like, he was such a huge, huge part of the, the last, let's say, book and a half. And, like, his backstory with Dumbledore and how not only, like, him as a person shaped Voldemort, but, like, how he shaped society shaped how Voldemort. Yeah. Speaking of the 1920s and the whole flapper thing and how the post-World War One created the vacuum that, like, Hitler rose into power, you yeah. see... I mean, clearly, it's just, it's very similar. Where you have to have the personal personality, but you also have the society that is set up to have someone else like that come into play. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's crazy because like you, I, I, I'm that's why I'm kind of glad, uh, and I'll, I'll skip a little bit, but I'm, I'm glad, I'm very interested in seeing where this story is going to go. Uh, and I guess another one of my wins is that there's, I like when, you know. Works of art tell multiple kind of storylines all in one. So to the point where some people feel like it's kind of confusing of, I don't know who's the main character, like what's the plot of the actual movie? And that's some like, that's a lot of negative things that I definitely hear people talk about the movie, which I didn't think, you know, Newt's commander was the main, you know, um, oh, character in the movie. Well, I know, I mean, that's fine, but I also think that it was like more, it was like Kowalski. It, the movie clearly focused on Newt's commander's role, but the overall sort of, like plot of the movie wasn't about him getting his animals back. They're trying to figure out what the obscurial was and kind of going on that particular route that they already had introduced before. Well, they blurred it. I I would say 
the critics saying that are like, did they watch the same movie? Because clearly Newt was the main character. Uh, uh, I'm gonna call him uh, Fogel, <laughs> not Fogel. Uh, Fogler, because that's his last name. Um, it's called Luke Kowalski. Kowalski was like he. Uh, he's the most everyday Joe of everyday. Jokes. Well, he's the Ron. He's they share the same archetypes where uh, Harry is new, or you know, kind of an awkward like. Doesn't want to really admit that he's as good as he is at what he does. Um, you know, Kowalski was the Ron, where he's kind of an everyman, kind of goofy, but like somewhat competent. And then you, well, I guess you don't really have a Hermione act, like, yeah. kind of. But uh, but but she raises a good other archetype where like she has the female lead who's like good at her job ish, but kind of just unfortunate. Yeah, but also like I mean, how well the magic was done, like, just going back to that evening, this, like, the whole idea about the Obscurus is a really cool concept about if someone does not let that power that's in them out, what happens in that situation. Yeah. Uh, and they also are able to align with, like, some social issues that were probably happening during that time, too, where you see this, like, uh, this group of uh, people that are kind of aware that wizards are around and they want to protest against uh, wizards to, like, obliterate them and get rid of them completely. And everybody else is just ignoring it. Um, Like, they're just this little school that just preaches their own little thing. They're almost like the Westboro Baptist Church, you know? Yeah. They're silly, let them do their thing, but it does come to bite people in the ass at the end by doing that. Um... But also, like, the uniqueness of the magic, I mean, really sells the movie for me because that bird at the end is, I mean, not necessarily a phoenix, but has similar it's a powers. Is it a hippogriff? I think so. I don't, I don't think I don't know. A hippogriff's no. much bigger. I thought it was a hippogriff. No, but it's some type of... Isn't Buckbeat a hippogriff? Yeah. Yeah, that's not it. Yeah, it was a, oh, really? Yeah, it was, I thought it was, it wasn't a phoenix either. I think yeah. it was a new, it's just a new thing that, because we actually haven't seen this before. And I was yeah. wondering, like, what's the connection between Arizona? I wonder if I it's know. the American version of a phoenix, which is a thunderbird. And that's why I kind of wanted to get to Arizona, because that's a lot of where that type of fable comes from. I wonder if it was, like, Arizona's so dry that I was going to do the rain and do it that way. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I also kind of do I want to touch base on a, a couple of things that Bradley was talking about because I guess the world of Harry Potter that we know it is a Thunderbird Thunderbird just okay. looked it up yeah nice. can, you, can you read off what it is no I, I literally just looked up the plot of the movie oh. at the end of it says releases his Thunderbird <laughs> uh, I guess I, I haven't read it I, I haven't heard about it unless I skipped over it I wasn't sure but um, I do like and it's very interesting that, I, that from the Harry Potter world that we know in kind of the modern day Muggles, you know, overseas in England, um, or in, in overseas, let's say that because we're in a lot of different locations, are already pretty content with having their own sort of society being kind of different and being almost a, secret to the point where there there's no way they can actually let Muggles, um, uh, wizards, have, wizards, wizards. Yeah, their world's super contained compared to New York. Yeah, uh, and it was very interesting that this one around was just. I wasn't entirely sure how to kind of sum it up because it was very rough and it was and this is another one of my wins is that I'm I'm really glad they went and talked about a lot of deeper kind of social issues and this movie got really dark in a lot of different moments um, even the execution scene that was like holy crap 
This is not okay. When you walk into this execution, mm. you said to think about something nice to the point where this thing's literally about to engulf you and kind of kill you. Using yeah. uh, your own uh, thoughts. Yeah, like to like complete you. And like in the the two nurses, I guess, or the two witches that were there are like was super content about being being doing this. Um, so I thought that was like really a really messed up and a very dark moment. But I I mean I, I liked it. I'm glad they actually kind of showed something up. Yes, it's a kids movie, but at the same time, like. Well, J.K. Rowling, especially like like I was saying earlier, when she grew the characters up, she grew her style writing. Yeah. Um, and I I honestly thought that Deathly Hallows Part Two should have been an R-rated movie. I, I mean, I was content with what I got out of it. Like, not to say it was you know a bad movie or anything, but like I thought that the subject matter they were, you know, if you go on the classic R is what seventeen or older. Yeah. Easily, that that subject matter and that could have been yeah. seventeen or older. Well, I, I mean, at the point in that in the book, like the book opens up with you know um, Voldemort just basically killing somebody in front of everybody. Yeah. And then two, like I think it was like six pages later, you find out Mad Eye dies. And then before that, you find out uh, one of the twins got his arm ripped off, uh, his uh, ear ripped off by a spell, and it was like. Who, what is yeah. all this death happen? And yeah. then literally, it just like everybody you was could, literally you could dying. Keep on, in the movie. You could keep on going. In that, in that book, excuse me, it was everybody was dying in the book. The movie, they they definitely kind of tuned it down. Yeah. yeah, subdued it a lot. But, um, but I mean, going off of there was no kind of book from this movie. I'm I'm really glad that you know with Fantastic Beasts, it was just hey here it is, and we're gonna talk about child abuse because that's the actual thing. Uh, it sucks and nobody wants to talk about it, but I'm definitely going to bring it up and kind of mention that um, to the point where, uh, you know, Ezra Miller's character, which I thought was very interesting, a very, very, I love the choices that Ezra Miller made and Eddie Redmayne made, although it was more Jupiter Ascendish, Ascending-ish, that I can remember, but I, I think it worked in this role, I don't know, definitely not in the other movie, um, but I just like some of the character choices that they, they chose to make, but um it's very interesting, and like you actually kind of bring up uh, something of you have non-mag, a, a new term that we find out here. Uh, the non-magical folks of you know people who are born into the magic but can't use it. That'll be a squid. Whereas this now maybe no no no, no. So, non-magical yeah. is just I, 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 I know. I, so but non-magic people are regular humans. Right, so that's right. one category. Sorry. And yeah. then you have the next category, in which case you have squibs, which are magic folks that can't use any of their magic. That was consistent with Europe, though. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, but now this is new because now we have. Is he a wizard? Can't. Can no, he no. So he's he like. Uh, oh, what was what was the janitor's name from oh, the original? Because uh, that yeah. he was a squid. He's a squid. So he yeah. basically a squid means you have magic parents, but you don't have any of the powers. Yeah. So what about Credence's character? Is he a squid? Is no. He a oh no, no. Uh, it's completely something Graves different. Something new. Yeah. yeah. No, no, he, he is a squib. Graves, oh, so, sorry, he is a wizard. Graves thought he was a squib and basically used that to kind of control him because he, he didn't think he missed it, you know? Um, but he's been able to control this for some well, time. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see where it goes because we, I mean, we obviously know where Gringlewald ends up. Like, we know how that story goes, but it'll be interesting to see how one of the most powerful wizards of all time completely missed another very powerful wizard. Yeah. I think that's a new, nice new like wrinkle. Because he's clearly not a squib, even though he was able to project himself as one. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. What about your wins? I've been talking my about. wins? Yeah. Um, 
I think that... Oop, hang on one second. There we go. Um, I thought uh, Mr. Redman's, like, his uh, his portrayal of Newt was really cool. His, like, the, the fact that he almost never made eye contact was really, really well done. Like, the dude never looked the camera straight on. And, like, that portrayal of, like, lack of confidence, like, really did wonders for that character and, like, kind of you seeing him as, like, that, like, kind of shy, timid, awkward person. I thought his portrayal was really good. Um, I also like the, the... So this was, I think, the first Harry Potter not scored by John Williams. Um, I thought that the period piece movie uh, music was really cool. Um, it worked. It really put you in the, in the 1920s. Uh, ironically, I thought the... The more orchestral stuff wasn't that good, uh, but that literally just might be because John Williams wasn't scoring it, and John Williams and his creative team are that good. Um, and then I saw it in 2D, but I thought that the, I agree with Warren that the visuals in it were still, like, excellent. Like, there was a lot going on on screen, and, but it wasn't overwhelming. And especially I'll shout out that execution scene is, like, with the whole... Like kind of darkness enveloping the it person was, was was like really well done and really visually hit uh, for me. Um, yeah, I'd have to say those are the kind of the, the big things. I thought that it was well acted, especially with Newt being the the shining kind of star on that. Yeah, Brian, what do you think? You wins. Uh, one last one I would add is. Um, I really like the Graves character just because it goes back to like uh, it's not evil versus good. It's more of like order versus chaos type of idea that some people want to be able to do everything they want but there's also has to be a boundary to how far you can go and Graves kind of embodied even though he's I think he's underutilized uh, he would he has the the he had the ability in every scene to be like you might see me as a bad person but you'll understand why I'm doing the things I'm doing mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that and also I mean I love Colin Farrell that dude always is bringing it so. yeah I mean I, I like this I like a lot of the scenes and it was very interesting because he kept getting that and it's very easy to think about um, you keep getting this, you know, is he evil? Like, what is his intentions? Exactly what you're trying to do? And then at one point, you're like, oh, he's he's just evil. But, I mean, cause is he? Because at one point, like, and even, we'll talk about the reveal in a little yeah. bit, but, you know, if you think about it, and much like I was talking about before of, uh, you know, why I love Sing Street so much, is he's like, well, we shouldn't have to hide. And this is something that, like... We talked about in the regular kind of Harry Potter universe and like everything else, but now he was like, "Well, no, let that free, like let it out." Although it was bad, but he was very against the fact that not uh, he felt like wizards and witches are superior, right? Yeah. Therefore, they shouldn't necessarily have to hide. They should be able to be freely. They should be kind of controlling. Not that much. I agree with him at some points about like. Yeah, you shouldn't have to hide under wraps and that has to be kind of separate, but it's just very interesting what Graves' mentality is kind of like Dumbledore's of they should be, you shouldn't necessarily have to hide from who you are and embrace like who you are as a person. One thing I'd say on that is that looking historically, there's never been a dick, well, 
I shouldn't say never, but very rarely do you see dictators or emperors that consider themselves the bad guys. Yeah. You, I mean, you probably look at the most famous one at all of all time. Emperor Palpatine. Yes. Okay. Uh, no, I'd say like you know, Mister Mister Hitler. Go ten years later than the you know the storyline that we're following in Fantastic Beasts that. That dude thought he was doing what was right for the country, and truthfully, he got that he got Germany out of a yeah. crazy recession. He and probably, got them working again. He probably never woke up and had breakfast and said, "All right, time to be evil." Right. Yeah. And I, mean, I and think you, that you never do though. Right. right. And yeah. I think that they did a great job to like echo Brown's point, where like Graves was a bad guy. Well, he turned into a bad guy, and then he also was kind of a pretty let's say, darker shade of gray character of the entire movie, yeah. but never at any point did you get the feeling that he was a bad guy in doing this, bad things. And the exact opposite I want to echo on that is because we're not entirely sure who the hell Newt Scamander is. Uh, I understand that his intentions... Well, we know that his intentions are pure, for sure. But at the same time, your intentions can be pure, but the same, you have this obscurial in your possession the entire time that are known to be dangerous. We don't know, like, you still don't know a lot of information about it. So, although your intentions can be as pure as possible, you still could, you still could cause people pain, and you still could cause death to actually happen. So, it's very interesting of the exact, uh, almost, not exact, but at least kind of the opposite sort of characteristics of Newt's trying to do what's right of trying to contain and kind of keep these beasts, and they are beasts or animals who are non-violent, but... You know, even Kowalski gets attacked and he gets bit by one and he starts having a, a, some sort of breakout for it. And that could be misconstrued as a couple different things. So it's very... It's like, I like to see the actual sort of both sides to it. And uh, like much like the conversation yeah. that we're talking about, if there's no good or evil. Uh, and like the two characters that I always come back to and now I'm going to probably kind of loop in and have Luke's commander for this. So we don't know why he was ejected from Hogwarts, but he got kicked out of Hogwarts. That actually hasn't happened... To anybody, as we know of so far, even Voldemort left on his own volition. But the only other person that we know who got kicked out and suspended from Hogwarts and can't use magic is Hagrid. So, like, one of the only other people that we actually know, and that's why his he doesn't have a wand, but he uses his. That's but they both love animals. That's Dumbledore's. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to stop that right there. Uh, but I think that's one of... I think that really... Because they, they make it clear in this one that Dumbledore fought for him still. Dumbledore fought that's, for that's, both of them. That's, what, well, that's Dumbledore's more... tragic flaw is that... Uh, I, was, I was in my head, I'm like, man, this sounds familiar. Uh, this is probably one of the best parts about Star Wars is that Luke Vader... Uh, Luke Vader? <laughs> Whoa, Luke bro, Skywalker, spoilers! Luke, Luke, Luke Skywalker is... is you know, he's a flawed, flawed character. Um, and Darth Vader, although he's that mindless killing machine up until, you know, maybe the very end of uh, the second movie, definitely, you know, midway through Jedi, um, they really play on that, like, touching that gray area instead of being just black and white. And I think that, you know, one of the best lines of... Um, of Jedi is the whole, like, Luke saying, your faith in this battle station, it will be your downfall, and then the Emperor spits back, your faith in your friends is yours. Or, I'm messing up the quote, but it's yeah, something yeah, like that. You butchered that. Yeah, whatever. Um, where, and so that's, to me, that that's 
going back to you know the same criticism on Dumbledore, where his his faith in the people that he trusts is ultimately his downfall. And but it's 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 a bummer because, and we see it in the movies, and you see it obviously in the book that you know Hagrid was innocent, but it didn't mm. matter. Uh, and you know Dumbledore kind of pleaded for him, and so he was able to kind of stay on the grounds. But that's about it. He actually can't physically use he can't use magic anymore, although he still cheats and does it. Um, a lot of uh, well, a lot of uh, not doing necessarily the right thing, but what's right, what's good for the status quo. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, I guess these are the things that you know. After I watched the movie, I was really glad that I could actually see a, a lot of this on the screen. And obviously, I'm more. I'm probably the most biased, obviously, in this room. But I'm on the more biased sort of side of things. Um, going into this movie and like watch this movie and critiquing this movie after this because that's what I'm actually kind of getting. And I think that's what she's kind of trying to say. Um, even in this, uh, like, I gotta go back to Harry Potter when Dumbledore and uh, Harry Potter are talking in King's Cross when he's dead. Spoiler: When he's dead, he's just sitting there, kind of talking, kind of asking him questions and. Dumbledore is like almost to the point where like I just had to figure it out. I'm just kind of a regular guy, but you know, and, and you're mm. upset. You're you're upset, exceptional to the point where I'm sorry I put you through this because because Dumbledore used Harry to die for a certain time frame and stuff like that. So mm. it's it's nice that you actually kind of get that these people that everybody revere and kind of hold to a higher standard on the opposite sort of side of their their realm. It's like I just I'm just kind of a normal person trying to do as best as I can. And I f up, and when I f up, people gonna look at it. Wow, he messed up really, really badly, mm. uh, and to the point where Dumbledore's whole career after he died really went to shit with Rita Skeeter and kind of finding out all this information. Yeah. Um, so I just like I, I I did see that from this movie, and that's why I was I, I was really attached to the, these characters, and that's why I'm very intrigued. It's another big win from to, from Newt's commanders because the character choices he made with this character that we have no idea who he is, but. Some of the backstory is he has some ties to the dark arts, right? Maybe a love interest to, with the Lestrange. We don't know. Uh, but he has an Obscurial. That's also a very obscure <laughs> uh, thing that's kind of that people know are actually dangerous. And we find out a little information of how he ended up getting that um, to the point where he, he is difficult to have. Uh, real, it feels like he was really difficult to kind of connect with because he was trying to keep people at arm's length the majority of the time and trying to figure out why and why he get kicked out in the first place and why he yeah, didn't go back. Yeah, I mean, that was a really touching moment between him and Kowalski at the end where he, he said, Yeah, hey, I kept you around because you're my friend. Like, it, for such a, a character that was keeping, like, actively keeping people at arm's length to pull someone in just because he liked them was, was kind of touching. Yeah. 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 So. But um, so let's get into some criticisms because I feel like this is probably going to be a lot of kind of talking. <clears throat> Should we you go got. ahead and bring up just the reveal at the end? Let's do that after, and I have a couple separate criticisms uh, that I want to bring up, and that's a that's that's a a, a little bit of separate topic. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think we literally all wrote that. Uh, yeah. I have I have one big criticism. <laughs> I, I was kind of I don't know I was kind of like, neutral on this movie going into it and kind of coming out of it anyways. I'll explain in my grading kind of, like, portion why that is. But um, kind of the biggest non-reveal thing was, uh, the honestly, the beasts. Like, there was too many of them, and I didn't have enough of an attachment to them. And I think that, I think that goes through with a lot of the other characters where... 
we we didn't really get an explanation on why uh, the sister was really into Kowalski. Like they, she just was. She just saw Michael was attractive. Yeah, didn't, he read his, didn't she read his mind? Yeah, but we never got like what was in his mind that like really. And I get it. That works in some movies when you withhold some information. Yeah. But it didn't for me in this movie. Like there was a lot of things that were just like. Yeah, this is how it is, so accept it. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know, it just... I could have used a little bit more of, like, this This is why it is. And, um, I, got, and I got needs to be flushed out here in my relations. Right, right. <laughs> it's a, and, and so, you know, in a movie called... The one thing that, sorry, for my big criticism was the, the connection to the beasts. Because you have a movie called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um, and I think that, like, you got a little bit of it, but the, I mean... The most connected was the, like, the walking stick. When the, when he releases the Thunderbird, I was totally confused. Where he was like, oh, you have to do this now. Like, go ahead. I was like, well, is he going to die? Like, what's, what, you know, where he had to release the, the, the Obliviate potion to him. And I, I was really confused. I'm like, oh, well, why does it matter that he's getting out of New York? And then he just saw him flying around and I was like... There was no emotional connection to that scene whatsoever. Yeah, it, it yeah. did. It didn't matter that he released him at that point, and then it didn't. I guess he got back in. Like I, I don't know. Um, That's then like the uh, the little the mole the mole thing was a funny scene, but the, like that was pretty much the last you really really saw of him, and then he was done. They the one with the that turned invisible but also could see the future kind of. Or the most probable. Yeah, I was really hoping that they would expand on that. that yeah, was, I will, that was that was, a, that was like a gem. That was like, oh, they wrapped that up way. Yeah, too that, was a, uh, that was a that was a yeah, it was a great little character that they literally they were like he sees kind of the future, and then that you saw him seeing kind of the future immediately afterwards, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and also like me is like uh, one of my one of my good buddies is a huge sloth fan, so seeing this like near sloth creature was kind of funny. Um, that and the whole like the the dra- the pseudo dragon thing where like we had no idea that Takes they could like the space out of time. yeah we had, they showed them before sitting in an open thing but still kind of small sized and then they're like oh yeah they also do this and then uh, and then kind of like it just well, I don't they, know they so I was literally sitting there because one of the first animals that escaped was that and you see him go in the room and then get giant. And it was not explained up until he was like, literally was not explained for probably a good hour. Yeah. Because then it was like, yeah. oh, he takes up this. Sp- oh, yeah. Oh, well, so this, yeah, because like, I mean, they made it a point where, you know, they have silver eggs, you know, and I was like, oh, that's going to be the one thing that, you know, because it almost seemed like every beast had like one thing that they do. And this is like how we're going to play it up. But like you come back and you're like, oh, it's the same thing uh, to a point where I was like, I know it's a big dragon with the blue and green but it must be a different beast that I'm just forgetting about yeah. and they're like nah it's the same thing I, I just I, I felt like so I re- went back and read it I think there's 81 to 85 beasts in the, the book that she spotlights and writes about um, and so I guess technically over 5 movies what's that like 13 beasts a movie four, somewhere in that I haven't done the math you get about 30 or 40 beasts overall 
Yeah, so, well, well but I feel like... Unless you know, they want to include every single piece. I think they spotlighted in this movie maybe like <laughs> ten. So they're technically under the average of where they needed to be to show all of them by the time, you know, the movies run out. But it still felt like there was too much. Yeah. Like, I just didn't attach myself when clearly that was the reason that they were there. It was like, you should attach yourself to these and see how they play off. And it just didn't echo with me. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting is my criticisms are kind of opposite of that, where... I felt most connected to the creatures uh, because I found the theme of this movie to be about like understanding the nature of things rather than think about good and evil. And even though even though those creatures mm-hmm. may be causing chaos and destruction and stuff, you got to take that time to see what is it that drives that nature in them to be that way. Whether it's putting a lot of gold into their belly or. Um, going through a department store and turning invisible. And I always, I thought that was the fun part of the movie. Whereas I didn't feel that connected to the the live actors that much, specifically Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne, it was killing me to watch him be Newt Scamander. Like, the side thing, I mean, I understand, like, being shy. I understand being a little weird. But he, like you said, it's... He go when he goes shy. He goes very very shy. Yeah. When he goes weird, he goes very very weird. Yeah. And I just thought that was, it was too much if he pulled it back a little bit and like kept those type of qualities and had I would say even a different tone of voice where it's like someone that knows what they're talking about but is still kind of nervous to talk about it would have helped me a lot more because whenever he was whispering mumbling. I had no clue what he was saying at all. And See, so I just killed I got it. that. I like the shy thing. I just, I th- and I thought he acted it well. I just didn't. I don't know. I he was the least I had that. He he was the one. He was the actor besides like the the characters they didn't really use, like the president. The president could have been like a actually a cool character, but was very much window dressing. But like of the main actors. He was probably the one I liked the least. Uh, and I also heard some things as well. I need to look up this up. I'm going to say it anyway, that apparently this his style of acting, the things that he did, may have cost him the role of being uh, Kylo. Right? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know so, um, But, I, I mean, and I guess I'm going to echo a little bit more what Mike was talking about from that. I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it, and now I'm wondering if it's a choice or... The characters he chooses to do, because now I'm looking at like two big roles that he's done. Besides, you know, I'm not talking about Jupiter Sitting, but <laughs> uh, if you're talking about the theory of everything, yeah, and then we're talking about the Danish girl, and we're talking about you know Newt Scamander, they are very similar characters, mm. but each one of those characters, I'm wondering if there's, and that's and that's what I like a little about it of. I, I, I'm now seeing like these roles that he's playing of there's a sense of you never know what this person's thinking I really want to know what this person's thinking we get a character that can tell what people are thinking so and I think they had a very interesting moment that was also rushed and I was really bummed that I really wanted to see that flush out more of how competent of a wizard he is and stuff like that but um, that's me talking about a bit of a criticism going on that, but I, I like his, I like the choices, I like his style, because his kind of mysteriousness is, definitely reminds me more of like, well, Dumbledore is supposed to be a badass, but 
is he really? We don't really see all this stuff. But it was the opposite. Yeah. I wouldn't describe like the nervous guy as mysterious. Oh no, well, I, mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I don't think he's like, like, oh, here's that weirdo that's sitting I mean, in the corner. Like, he, he just did, like he was super, like super socially awkward. Yeah. And I, I got I got that I think I don't think he was nervous at all. He like especially when he got oh, into he his nervous. when he went yeah. to his cave, right? You can see that he's opened up and was like he knows how to actually handle all these kind of characters. Right. Like he knows how to interact with animals, but he doesn't know how to interact with people. Right, right. I would say uh, like, so that's the thing. The places where he shines is when he's talking about the little girl in, um, in I think Africa, Ethiopia. Africa. Yeah. Uh, I don't know it or it was some country. It was it was in Africa. It was in I think Africa. it was yeah. Uh, and he he's talking about that little girl, and I thought like, wow, that was very powerful. And he's showing like, yeah, he's seen some horrible things, and that um, something like an obscurus, even though it's has a dark nature we gotta still understand it yeah. and that that was if I may uh, just like a solid win I think we touched upon it earlier but showing that different cultures do have magic like obviously the movie's in America so you know it shows the whole American backstory but we realistically only got Europe in um, in central towards yeah. England, Europe, right? Like that's where the two other schools were. Yeah. Um, uh, well, one was in France. Drumstring is in Scandinavia. Yeah, I was gonna say if we got like a Nordic country and then the French. French. Um, so it was interesting to see references to other cultures doing. Sorry, just quick, yeah. quick way. In South Africa, yeah, Africa or South America and Africa. Well, we also saw Ireland. We saw Irish um, in the yeah, but that was UK. Yeah. Uh, I know, but I'm like yeah, 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 we, yeah. We did see that too. very rarely. Um, I wanted to see way. I wanted to see a lot more of it, but you know, never can. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but but uh, yeah, I think like Eddie Redmayne's acting. I did, it wasn't for me. But I think the bigger issue with this movie is the plot and the writing of the characters more less than the acting that I mean for overall the acting was very well I thought the writing of the characters was very thin and there wasn't much to build off of almost what's the main woman's character's name uh Tina yeah Tina Portensons do you know no that's but we know Kowalski's name no Kowalski's name. I know Queenie. You know, yeah. So I mean, that like that, and that guess that's a big criticism I have because I'm like, well, I know Queenie because she had something. I know Newt Scamander. I know Kowalski. I know Graves. I know Credence. I know those characters' name, but they didn't have half as well. Not half. They had less. Not majority of those characters that I just mentioned had less screen time than Tina's character. Yeah. And she had an interesting kind of sort of, but undeveloped. I'm not entirely sure. She used to be an orb, but not. Re- I I really wish like that they she would decide yeah. what to do with the plot, what they want to do yeah. with a certain character. This is what I start. After the end of this movie, I'm like, where the hell are y'all wanting to go with this story? And this is, I have no idea what y'all want to, Newt to do next, or what you want the American wizards to be involved in, if we're going to even stay there next time. And that's what, like, when I, we started the podcast, uh, it shows that this is the first screenplay she's ever written. 100% just in, uh, what's it called? Well, again, I'll talk more about this in the grades, but, like, they realistically, I don't know if she had a super, super set game plan of what she wanted to do and where she wanted to go with everything. And, like, it shows. You're right. That, like, there's there's not a ton of clear motivations for a lot of these characters. The interactions are definitely a little bit awkward. And 
you know, there's definitely that that difference between a a good movie and a good book, and writing for those different media's takes different skill sets, and I I don't think she's necessarily proven herself as a screenwriter yet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a bummer because a lot of people feel like this movie is long. I liked it. It was 133. So it was over, I think it was over two hours long. Yeah, just over. Um, but... Didn't feel like two. It, no, it, it, it was it was appropriately paced. Yeah. A lot of people would say that it wasn't paced pretty well. There's, really, there's a lot of, yeah, it was, I, pacing I, was fine. Well, for me. I'm looking at like I just looked at a bunch of the reviews because I'm just interested of like what other other people think and if I'm too jaded or too blind and say like, hey, maybe like this wasn't like a good movie. And I always kind of think of that in the back of my head. Any Pixar I walk into, my expectations are like. Okay, let's go. And then maybe not so much. It wasn't that good. But but especially like a movie <laughs> that I cared about like this. <laughs> I was really trying to be kind of focused on like thing. I need to find stuff I don't like. I know I'm gonna find things that I love. What are some things that I didn't like, uh, and kind of like the criticism I didn't like, and it, it definitely kind of echoes some of the things you guys talked about. I was just really bummed that <sighs> it's tough to say that she needed more time when you see a movie that's two hours long. But earlier this year, we we I watched a movie that was over three hours long, which is the uh, the extended version. Of uh, Batman vs. Yeah, I fell asleep and I woke up and the movie was still playing. But uh, you, know, I, I wonder, I, I just wonder if she would have wrote a book on this. And a lot of people going to talk about this, of course, right? I wonder if she had a chance to actually write this book. Or the series. Or, or the series or yeah. something. Like, yeah. where are you going to go? I'm very interested, like, as a positive note, like, where is the story going to go? At the same time, I'm very confused, and I think this may be a good way to transition to the, the big reveal. Yeah, if she wrote a um, book on this, you'd probably get, like, the American Wizard House. Well, and stuff she'd like also that. have a screenwriter have would have written the, the screen. screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what are your thoughts on the reveal? Well... Alright, so this is this was a negative for me. It's fucking obnoxious. Yeah, they had the same they had so they had the same stupid haircut. As soon as I saw Graves, because they start off with the whole uh Gringlewald like you know, terrorizing uh, everything. And then as soon as I saw Graves, I'm like, oh he's got the Pidgeotto haircut. That's <laughs> Gringlewald. I like I literally I knew Johnny Depp was in the movie, but I didn't How? know uh someone because I, I saw it like not on opening night. Uh, so I knew he was in the movie, but I was like, oh, I had nothing else. I actually almost warned it, where I, like I knew nearly nothing about the plot to this movie, yeah, about I mean, who was going to be in it. Can't trademark that. Yeah. Oh. Um, where so like I you know again I, I knew he was there, but I didn't know what character. I didn't know what capacity. I thought it was like going to be one of those. Oh, he he's like the head of the American wizards. You know and that's, that would have been awesome with a bunch of like uh, yeah. Right. I well, I mean that's what Ron Perlman essentially was. Yeah. I didn't so, up on the haircut just because that was a common haircut back then. No, because it was the only it was the only two characters that had that haircut. As soon as I saw Graves, like literally, he didn't say a word. He he could have been anybody, and I was like, "That's Grindelwald." And it, the entire rest of the movie, I every single one of his things, I was like, "This is a bad man doing a bad thing." And it was right. <laughs> like, and so when it came out for that reveal moment, I was like, there was no... And you could say this a lot about, a, a, you know, like we were saying in some criticisms uh, before, there was not a lot of emotional weight behind it because it just kind of felt like A to B. I was just... Vi- <sighs> Man, I don't mind Johnny Depp. I like him as an actor. He is definitely 
done some weird roles. I think the most recent movie I saw was Black Mass with him, and I thought mm. it was very good in that yeah. movie. But man, what a, it's almost like a slap in the face for Colin Farrell. Yeah, because Colin Farrell can play yeah. a great evil character. And I just don't. Obviously, he doesn't say too much. Uh, the look. I don't know if the look is there, but we don't know exactly how he looks, honestly, until he's, like, super, super old. But... I thought that's how they described him in the books, though. Yeah, I don't it's remember like him having two different eyes, but... Oh, like, I didn't even... Yeah, I didn't even catch eyes. that. I thought his pupils just turned white. Nah, that's... Nah, that's... Uh, Voldemort is right. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so, it, I was just very bummed that with all the opportunities and all the things in in this movie that like, they ended up choosing like a character like the, one of the most famous character actors to be like Grindelwald and I was really I was really bummed about that although I, I didn't and I also didn't like the um, the fact that somehow some way um, Newt Scamander found out and was like oh wait he's not who he say he is which I yeah. didn't he I just didn't, like didn't, looked at him a certain way like, yeah yeah that that entire the end <laughs> sequence like I there's a there's a huge portion that I like about it in the fact that they show like although I was completely against the fact that them killing uh, the obscurial uh, uh, killed credence kill I'm putting quote, kill quote, 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 yeah. kill but they they attempted away. to kill they attempted to straight up. The entire organ, the entire government, and the the entire American wizarding world government was saying, "Yeah, we're gonna kill this person. Could it be for the greater good? We're not entirely yeah. sure." But that was a very strong move. Like, wow, you, you guys blew this person away. Yeah, and, and the two people trying to save him are one shyest person on the planet and the most dangerous wizard. Well, Alcatina was trying to save him too. Mm. And I think she yeah. had the most connection with Credence also because she was the one that actually... She's got to be his sister, right? I, no. I mean, we don't know. Dude, I'm... Well, the way they played it off, I yeah, like it seems I, I like, thought there was some sort of connection yeah, there. They, and the only person that stood up for him, not for like their own selfish um, ways, but was, was Tina. And that's why I was hoping that there would be more of a focus on her. Uh, she was the only person that can talk and kind of calm him down and says, hey, it's okay. She, I, she was the one who got fired for standing up from his abusive mom. I mean, these are things that are there, but it just... Uh, so... I was, I just, I guess I'm just kind of bummed with the casting of it. I was hoping that would be kind of somebody you know, else. But to be fair to Johnny Depp, like the descriptions in the book of Greenwald weren't of, they weren't like Voldemort. Like Voldemort was this clear cut psychopath, pure evil. He's physically evil. Where Greenwald always seemed like when he, he was older though. No, I thought this was still when he no, was young. When Voldemort was younger. Oh no 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 no! Uh, I'm talking about when Greenwald was younger. Oh, it was like it was like. For the lulls, almost. Like, he would just do evil crap because he was bored and just wanted to do evil stuff. And I always thought that the battles between Grindelwald and, and Dumbledore were almost, uh, how, like, best friends trying to best each other. It's how, literally how a... Sorry, it's yeah, how are we talking? How young are we talking about? Because they, they were best uh, friends. They grew up together. Yeah, well, so next movie. Fantastic Beast 2. Because oh. that's when they're going to introduce and that's when they're going to do the, that whole story. That's like... It's like the Rocky and Apollo Creed relationship. Well, so right. but this that's also an interesting thing because you know Grindelwald and them uh, Grindelwald and um, 
Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Thank you. Well, Grindelwald and Dumbledore were, were best friends growing up up until right. Dumbledore so we know that. Sister, so, but but so. what the point I'm trying to make is that Johnny Depp might actually be perfect for that role because he's not pure evil. Because like there was no moment I was more afraid of of Colin Farrell's Graves. Like his demeanor was way more serious than anything I think Johnny Depp. Well, he could muster that, but um, but what he appeared to be playing in that role. And I think that could work perfectly in a, a young Dumbledore Grindelwald story, yeah. where again it's it's not pure evil. It's like someone kind of going down the wrong path and messing with everyone, in a very evil way. <laughs> but uh, but I think Johnny Depp will be fine in that. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Like I said, I'm in, I'm interested to see where they go. Uh, if she's gonna go to you know, this is how he finds more beasts, and I think I mean, I said this uh, like under my breath a little bit. I, I like their focus on like the preservation of it, and now that I was thinking about it, we we're talking about this. I'm like, is he like a Noah's Ark character almost? Like I'm not entirely sure, mm-hmm. um, but we don't have to get into that uh, sort of conversation. I like yeah, I like that he's trying to understand uh, Newt Scamander. I'm talking about is trying to understand these these beasts that were being hunted and extinct mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, for the Johnny Depp reveal, to me, what bothered me the most, not not just that it was Johnny Depp and I'm wearing weird makeup again and being a Johnny Depp character, I'm like, oh... Terrible mustache. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. great, we're going to have to go through something like this, another, like, Jack Sparrow-esque type of character that he's developing. Who knows? It might pay off and be amazing in the next film. Jack but, Sparrow is good for <coughs> a couple movies. movies. I'll give him one and a half. Um, and but the big thing was like the whole movie. Yeah, you see these news footage, these newspapers talking about Grindelwald the whole time, and then you have absolutely nothing about Grindelwald going on in the movie up until this point. Yeah, and they just revisit that, and you're like, why the fuck are we bringing this up right now? What does this have to, anything to do with what we're I doing? I also thought that Graves And to me, Graves, the way Graves was played off, I thought that he was going to be kind of like a Snape character. Yeah, he was dark, brooding, very serious, all about order, but it's for the right reasons. Right. Yeah, I always thought... And I think it just killed the Graves character for me for doing that. Right. I, I would definitely agree with that. I, I The only thing that killed... I, I thought Grindelwald was like... Was a... British character. Or not British, but like European. He's in Dermstring. From what? Derm- he went to Dermstring. So he's he's, nor- he's yeah, Scandinavian. So, yeah, so I, like, I, like, why is he in America? Well, we, why is he hiding as an American? Well, he was, I think he's also looking for the Obscurial. Well, yeah, we don't know that, yeah. I guess. There was we a very, there, there, there was a big theory, I'll, I'll mention this um, before, uh, I'll mention this in a second before we get to grades, but what other thoughts about the reveal? It wasn't good. It was awful. I didn't like. I didn't like the reveal. It could have been done in the second movie. You know, there's there's five of these coming out. We could have gotten more. Like I thought it was a great like setup. I actually enjoyed that scene where like it set the stage of like this is gonna be the overarching big bad of the whole series is Gringle, and you're gonna get that. Why do we have to see him in the first movie? Why do you have to be the main bad guy throughout the entire first movie? You could have easily had that reveal in the second one. I think those type of setups just aren't JK's strong suit. I was, yeah. hoping, I was hoping that the Grindelwald character would be somebody other than Graves. Uh, but I was even I was even hoping. And I was sitting there, I was like, oh, he's he put the Deathly Hallows, like, mark. You know, he put the, the Deathly Hallows mark in Creedence's hand. Mm. And I was like, is that... 
is that Grindelwald? Or, or yeah. is that like, is, is Credence really yeah. Voldemort's like father? Like we, and we, we know about all this stuff, but I know Voldemort's father was a muggle. Uh, yeah, that's the thing uh, is like, yeah. with me, like it's, I haven't seen those movies since they were in theaters, so... Oh, none of that yeah. stuff I'm saying is in, like, in the movie. I, I don't even... I wouldn't even notice that that was, like, a Well, that's the other thing. I spent half people. the movie trying to figure out whose grandparents these people were. You know, like, I was yeah, like... Yeah. I was like, all right, who's related who's, to who? I was really... When are they going to say, oh, Modesty pot, Potter? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, like, my initial thought was, in kind of going before I knew anything about this movie, was, oh, this movie takes place, like, a thousand years before what we know as Harry Potter and I thought it was a thousand because yeah, Newt's Commander well the reason why this is my theory right Newt's Commander and it got busted when somebody said something about Dumbledore I was like fuck anyways Newt's <laughs> Commander were to meet these four people uh, five people essentially so Newt's Commander and four of the people so it been five and they all have an affinity to some particular kind of animal or something that he's trying to get all the beasts and kind of find all the actual worlds you have this one guy who is a little bit brooding, but he has a he knows how to somehow end up talking to snakes. Oh, you so have you're saying other, going to, to Hogwarts? Yes. Well, they yeah. are the creators of the four. Of, well, yeah. but we know because their names are the house names. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. We didn't know at the time Newt's command like when Newt's commander wrote the book. No, we did. Po- no, no. In Harry Potter one, we don't know no, when because because huh? Dumbledore references that they they hung out together. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that. Yeah. Are you sure? Are you talking yeah, about the, uh, I'm, I'm, Nicholas Amell? No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty positive. Like he he says, like, oh, this is like one of my old students. I think that was Nicholas Amell. No, no. Because they were be- they were best friends because of his. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we're talking. I'm, we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. But I know Megan's, Megan's well, coming. We need to, we need to all you know, talk. You know, you know the end goal for number five is apparently though. Quo. Don't we don't, don't, need, don't we don't need it. We don't need it. <laughs> anyway, um, I did read this theory online, and then we'll get to grades uh, and stuff like that, that talks about Ariana. Ariana is uh, Dumbledore's, uh, uh, Albus and Aberforth's sister. And from what we can determine that she was the only squib, or non-magical person in the actual, um, in their family. But according to what somebody was posting that Ariana and this was something I wanted to tell you before but I stopped was actually an obscurial and when the fight that happened between Dumbledore and um, Grindelwald happened this is how Ariana accidentally ended up killing her mom hmm. this is how Ariana actually ended up killing herself and this what then leads oh this is the first time that Grindelwald sees this so now he's trying to find this other kind of powerful force and Ariana actually wasn't a squib. She was one of the first sort of obscure that was actually going to happen. And that's what then leads him to go to that kind of New York. Hmm. Um, which, it was, there's, uh, there's some other stuff that they kind of mention in it. But because in the actual books itself, and I had to go back and look at it, is that there's this magical power that they were that nobody could explain of what happened to her. She just kind of, her mom just kind of ended up, died. And... Ariana just ended up kind of dying because ne- neither one of them cast a spell, but Dumbledore still felt that it was his fault for not trying to hmm. protect his sister. So there's a lot of mystery about that, and, and I don't know if she wrote that in. I don't know. That's something I, I thought yeah, was pretty awesome. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Anyways, you got to say this theory that's probably going to come true. So apparently, book uh, the fifth movie is about them meeting the kids. And like the start of that storyline. Bro, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you want oh, it's called a theory? That's a theory. That's they not have... a theory. You she, said you know. She hasn't oh. written that yet. Blue Bro, you said it. you know. 
God damn it! That's a, if that happens, I'm gonna come in your room. Fine. If, if, if you're if you're if your whole thing, I'm gonna ruin Santa Claus for you. It was just a theory. That's like what's that's, what, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I heard is a theory too. Westworld alphabet soup theory. You oh. heard it here first. Uh, I'm just telling the you. The man right in black is Logan, <laughs> not William. Anywho. Anyways, this is this episode uh, is definitely to come out yeah. next week. We, uh, <laughs> it's oh my, it's all God. over. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's do some final thoughts. Let's wrap up. Let's talk about some grades. Uh, and if you care to sort of gander at where does this rank in the other eight um, Marvel films? <laughs> where does where this rank in the other sort of Harry Potter films? Kind of feel free. Um, but, uh, I would say, and I'll start, because I think I may have the kind of the, um, the better grades for it. Um, I give this an A-. minus. Um, I love the visual aspects of it. I like the story she was telling. I like the fact that this is her first screenplay. This is the first time she wrote, so she wasn't afraid to, uh, really kind of go for, like, a, a darker, kind of grittier, um, scenarios, which still looks beautiful. It was a very big contrast to that uh, I really wanted more kind of character work but you know uh, some people look at this and some people literally have c- uh, compared this to being the Phantom Menace of the uh, prequels um, but I don't think it's that bad I didn't like number one like I said before like um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was one of my least liked movies by far it's, it's a huge step the next one I think is Goblet of Fire. Uh, anyways, but that's like my least like movie because it there was a lot more that could have been set up. They just kind of skipped over and they didn't actually talk about it in the movie. Um, so I gave it an A minus. I really loved. It. I really enjoyed it, and I'm excited to see what's next. Uh, I gave it a B minus. Um, it's weird though because it could be revisionist history if it felt like the start of a series rather than a standalone movie. Like, this movie wasn't good if you watch it by itself. It had no plot. Oh, and, yes. Absolutely. And so, and so where we haven't seen where it goes, I really can't give it that good of a grade. That being said, I'm giving it a B- minus because I enjoyed it more than some of the other movies that we've uh, reviewed this summer. Ghostbusters. Um, oh, I wasn't even here for that. Yeah, I know. That's probably a good thing. Oh, um, I, thought was, I thought it was okay. Thor was funny. Um, but so, so with that, like, I, I, but I really can't give it that good of a grade because it just did nothing. There was nothing that happened in this movie that was important. Um, I'm going to give it a C, uh, because even though I love JK's ideas and the world she builds, she doesn't really execute on those ideas, um, exceptionally well every single time. And this just shows because the plot is so shaky and the character development is so shaky that uh, that brings down away from the visual overlook and the tone and the ideas that she wants to actually uh, show on screen, which are amazing ideas. They get kind of pulled down by stupid things like Johnny Depp being revealed at the end as the bad guy. And I think if you look back at her other, of the other Harry Potter movies... Those are kind of same things that make those kind of weak too. Like I find that the build up to Voldemort in the, like the first three films is kind of bad, and until Voldemort's on screen, that's when it gets good. Now, do you um, think that the casting was bad for the reveal at the end, or the reveal itself was bad? 
I think more the reveal itself okay. is bad, uh, but it's also kind of weird that it's Johnny Depp. I think Johnny Depp's going to surprise you. I think it'll be good in this I hope one. he surprises me. I, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't mind the reveal point. I just didn't like the, the casting. That's oh, what, that, I'm with, that's I'm what with Brown. Like, I think yeah. the casting will work. I think the, re- the reveal was awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I look back at the other Harry Potter movies, like Goblet of Fire is probably my favorite one. And then it's probably like 7-2 and Order of the Phoenix and maybe the first one just because it introduces you to the world. And I look at the lower tiers to be like the very bottom is Chamber of Secrets. And then um, I find Prisoner Askman to be boring and um, half what or actually... Not Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix, kind of low. Half-Blood Prince is kind of high. And Order of the Phoenix is just kind of milk toast and boring, too. Sure. Uh, and I would put this one kind of in the mix of that lower four. So maybe like at a like a six spot or a five spot yeah. in the list. I think, uh, like my, I guess the little kind of my, my ranks, my favorite would be the Half-Blood Prince. Um, after that... It's kind of tough because I I did like uh, they they should have been one movie but the Deathly Hallows should have just been one movie so I always view them as just yeah. one movie. I find seven you, one you, to be. You uh, can't end a fucking movie killing Dobby and think that that's okay. No, yeah. I liked it because it's not. Yeah. No, I like that it. is not okay, man. I was like, uh, wow. Deathly Hallows Part One is kind of low for me, and Deathly Hallows Part Two is kind of high. Well, they so they they put all the act. They literally put yeah. all the action in one movie and did yeah. all the setup. Because Deathly Hallows right. Part you gotta One, you got to view them is, as one movie. Got, but I think that Deathly Hallows works yeah. as two movies. You have to you have to view them as a two night experience, though. You got you got a half hour of Hermione, Ron, and. Harry just bitching at each other while which and that's another thing but that those scenes and those moments were so much more interesting in the book than it was being able to show on the actual screen that was kind of a bummer but whatever yeah yeah. Um, I liked it as two movies I like the the one the the first the first movie you had to have the set off to have it set up to have the payoff in the second one I think and you could have made it made like a four-hour movie. I think it was probably the right decision to make it two two-hour movies. Somebody had uh, mentioned this is another one of like ways to kind of make this kind of movie better because I don't like shitting on something while saying, hey, what about this sort of thing. Um, as of, you know, if this movie opened up and Newt's Commander, much like Mike was talking about, wasn't the main character. And if Kowalski was the main character, and this also gives us that realm of when Harry was the main character, we are both now going into this we're going to this unknown because we not we're not entirely sure what's gonna happen, um, and then if if it focused if like Kowalski's character was the main character he just so happens to bump into Newt and then Newt's kind of the side character but you know that he's a much bigger deal than what he's actually kind of leading on and then he leads him on this entire journey. Um, I think it would have been a little more interesting because I guess it would have taken taken away from. Uh, the shyness for him because the focus wasn't on new. That actually be an amazing idea for a movie is just being Yeah, you're onto something. I really like that. And it never, that wasn't my idea. This is Yeah, yeah. Really if you fine. but if you if you take the movie and then completely like literally start with Kowalski as he's going to the bank 
Well, he hasn't like the best day of his life, sort of thing. Like he gets up, the sun is shining, right? Like, showers, right. and then doing it just all this thing. it shows his life falling apart. He meets this character and goes through it. Yeah, like that. You're right. That movie would have worked so much better from his perspective than what we got. Oh, the other thing I did want to mention. I'm sorry. I'm just literally one of the last things is I really like the silly the silly silly moment when Newt Scamander is dancing with that. Rhino hippo thing. Oh yeah, that's fine. I really like that yeah, part. Yeah. That was very weird and very awkward, but yeah. I enjoyed that. But uh, so anything else on that on Rhino dancing? That Rhino dancing, bro. <laughs> uh, I mean, so we're gonna be wrapping up, and we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much again. Uh, we are the Down Front Podcast with Jesse. <laughs> Just kidding. I was here the entire time. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> most quiet he's ever been. Uh, email us. We have an email down in front um, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we do a bunch of tweets. I tweet, uh, I tweet a, a bunch of like weird kind of obscure things, but I actually stopped because there's so many freaking spoilers. But I've actually been staying off of our Twitter because everything's Rogue One now, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's at underscore DIFP, at underscore down in front podcast. So we do have a, a Reddit down in front at reddit.com. Post a couple things there. And uh, like Brian was talking about earlier, if you do like wine and kind of mixed wine, I make an apothic wine mac and cheese it's pretty awesome I can give you the recipe but not really um, that's at friends with blends so go check that out we do and we actually try to travel a lot and I'll be traveling to Florida and trying a bunch of different wines and there's this uh, wine in a can that I need to go try it's called a man can pretty excited um, so that's and that's more you can find at work Mike what about you uh, so you can uh, definitely follow me at uh, my news music I think we have an Instagram a Facebook and a band camp and a MySpace? Twitter, under all that name. Uh, we just dropped our first s- demo EP type thing. It's a couple songs. They're all dumb. It's awesome. Um, so go check us up there. Uh, and you can also check out Jesse at uh, Jesse's Rabid Dog Collection at gmail.com. Email him for his best. You know, somebody out there is going to have that email. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse plays with a lot of dogs. If you, he's a frequent dog park visitor. Am I? Yes, I, I see his wow, this. This breaking news to me as well. <laughs> How do you spell that? Minus music. Uh, uh, it's it's it's. If you spell it my anus, it works better. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> per Island. Uh, you can find me. Um, doing my best to make Warren watch movie trailers of <laughs> all movies coming out on You post that shit all the time at Brian's B-R-I-L-U-N-D All I do CC Warren on those did, all the time. Did you post that one in the group chat about Power Rangers? Was that oh, you? Yeah. God damn it I was so upset <laughs> I looked through and I was like come on you I'm, I'm excited for this movie Let me watch I love to torment Warren <laughs> I, hate I hate all you uh, and with that, we will say goodnight, and we will see you uh, potentially on Sunday. We have the season finale of Westworld, so we're going to do probably the entire sort of series recap. I may not be there, but it's going to be quite awesome. I'll try to call it, call in for that show, so it'll be awesome. He's not calling in. He's going to no. get a wedding. He's going to be way too drunk. <laughs> I love you all. Bye. 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 Do I hit delete? Or... <laughs>